Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Film Fellows. Hey! Welcome to Film Fellows. Uh, if you don't know, about two years ago, we did a crossover with two chicks talking flicks, and we did Psycho. And uh, after that, I thought, you know, we could do a few more movies, so two or three times a year, as a little bonus treat, over on patreon.com slash booksboys, we do a movie review. And now, as, as promised, two years later, we're back with American Psycho. You can check out the two chicks talking flicks podcast, but I said I would, I would share it on our feed uh, for free as well. Um, but if you want a couple more reviews from us, as well as, of course, all of our Playboys, Dark Place, Dreamers, Poetry Pals, Rockstar Interviews, everything, go to patreon.com slash booksboys. But for right now, enjoy Two Chicks Talking Flicks and our free review of American Psycho. This is Two Chicks Talking Flicks, where we review movies, love them or hate them, someone's got to do it. So enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Sarah, and this is Two Chicks Talking Flicks, anything else that gets in the mix. And I'm here today with our friends over at Books Boys Podcast. Hello, how are you doing? Hello, Sarah, it's nice to speak to you again. Yes, it's good to talk to you too. Um, I'm so- Dean from Books Boys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> um, so I was going to say... Uh, for anybody who didn't listen to our last episode, which we covered psych, Psycho. I don't know why I said Psych. It's a TV show. Um, psycho. What uh, is your podcast about? Um, so we do Books Boys, the monthly uh, book review podcast. And um, just myself and my one of my co-hosts will sit down and we'll chat about all the books that we've read that month. And then sometimes authors will call in and chat about some books that they're just releasing or just about to release um so it's mostly books yeah. that's awesome and um what good books have you read lately i'm always hitting up the classics um at the minute i'm just doing some checkoff plays um for our our patreon but for our main show i'm doing some spanish uh, books as well we read a spanish book set during world war ii and the spanish civil war um that i just recorded on our, on our last episode um, my I read a book recently by an author about um, investigating the death of Dickens. Dickens Ooh. is my favorite author, so that was a lot of fun. Oh, that's um, cool. But I, I, you know, I take anything I can find. I tend to go towards classics, but I'm also trying to branch out a little bit more. Yeah, I'm. I haven't read a book in a while. It's been quite a bit. Oh, nutty! I know. I'm. Like it's weird. I if if I start reading, like then I get addicted to reading, and then that's all I want to do, and that's not good for doing other stuff. You have read a book since we covered Psycho, right? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've read a book since then. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, actually, I read a book for another podcast that is also a book review. Um, huh. And we had a lot of fun. And I ended up having to actually listen to the book because it was a lot longer than I thought it was. And mm. um, so then I, I just listened to it. And so I listened to a lot of books um, more recently, but I didn't read them. I feel like that's cheating. Yeah, a lot a lot of people have recommended, you know, audiobooks to me. I've literally never tried an audiobook. I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot, a lot yeah. of music, and I don't know if I would have time to listen to audiobooks, but I, I always seem to have time to read books. So I read about five, six books a month usually, and then yeah. maybe a play or two as well. So I get to fit it in somehow. Yeah, I I would like to listen to more books, but it really just depends on who is reading it because sometimes <laughs> the same person is doing both gender voices and it's really weird and other times it's really good. And so I'm just like, uh, sometimes I, I just don't have the capacity to listen to it. <laughs> do they ever do any that have more than one voice actor? Like the yeah. different characters? Yeah. I listened to one that did, um, it was like a four character book. And, um, each character, whenever they would talk, it was a different person doing their voice, but most of them are, it's the same person. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. But still, it's cool that they can do it with more because then it's more of a dramatic reading kind of like a, I don't know. It's it's like a table read almost. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it better that way. Uh, Oh yeah, for sure. It was actually What's really, the last book that you read then? Oh, oh, I don't know. It was probably something smutty. <laughs> it was not historically accurate, I can tell you that. Or, uh, <laughs> or classic. I'm sure it was something saucy. I, I, don't, I honestly Well, don't you know, know, that's always good. That's always good. I, I need to read more, more saucy literature. Um, I, I never really allow myself to, to read any. Well, the girl. Sometimes it's difficult, though. Well, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the girl I recorded with. Um, you should check out her podcast because she does a lot of more smuttier or you know more nice. racy books. Hmm. I think I've maybe done the occasional one, but it's very, very rare. But it's it's so, it's so funny because I read so much. I read every single day, and yet you ask me like, "What's the last book you've read?" And I'm like, "Oh no, what what have I read? Was it was it a Chekhov play? Maybe I can't remember." <laughs> yeah, I I want to say it was. Um, spoiler alert! I I believe that's like a romantic comedy. I think that's the last one I read, and I honestly don't think I finished it. Um, it's supposed to be really good. And I got to, I don't know, about a third of the way. I was just like, no, can't do it. They got together and I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Cause I knew what was going to come and, and I just didn't want to continue. Yeah. Even I have occasionally, it's rare, but occasionally I'll read a book and I'm just like, you know, I just don't, I don't think I can finish this, you know? Yeah. The last time it happened was uh, a Mario Vargas Llosa book. I was reading it in Spanish, Ooh. and it's it, it's called the um, the War at the End of the World. I don't really like war stuff anyway, but I just tried it. Uh, Latin American books don't have that much dialogue, so it's just kind of endless narrative. 
about war and I got a third of the way through and I just thought, I, I can't. Like, I just can't read another 400 <laughs> pages of this, you know? I feel you. I hate that. <sighs> so we're, we're doing American Psycho, though. Yes. Um, but the thing is, we haven't, we haven't read it. We should stress. When we did Psycho, we read it, but yeah. I, I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> yeah, no, me either. Um, I guess I could have listened to it. But if the book is anything like the movie, which according to my... Um, uh, small investigating that I did. It is. It's like almost word for word. I don't know if I'd enjoy it. So yeah, you know, this is one of the very, very few occasions when I will outright say the movie is better than the book. Categorically, no discussion. Yeah, because it's just a lot of the stuff in the movie. It is. The way that you know Christian Bale acts the scenes, he's got mm-hmm. obviously the music that plays into certain things, yeah. and he has this kind of fun. It's for you know, it's not a scary movie, even though the, the content could be dark. It's kind of mm-hmm. brightly lit and it's almost happy, and you don't get that in the book, you know. Yeah. So it doesn't bring the tone across as well, and I, I really think the book is kind of mediocre, whereas the movie just really plays on the best parts and, and makes it something special for me. Well, in, like, the book, it's really dark. Like, they had to cut out a lot in order for this movie just to be rated R. So... Yeah, yeah. And, and like, he's an asshole and, um, like, a chauvinist and all this stuff. And everything you don't like about him in this movie, you would hate him in a book. I think so, yeah. So... That was really interesting. That's the only thing that makes me kind of want to read it. Um, like sometimes you have a bad character, a villain, and you almost like them. And you're like, I, I I see redeeming stuff in them. And you're like, maybe if just this one thing happens, maybe they <laughs> might be good. But if, if only he didn't murder and eat women, he would be fantastic. Yeah. And uh, d- did he murder? Anybody? I don't know. Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> I'll be honest. The first time I saw this, I was a lot younger, you know. Mm-hmm. I must have been about 20. And um, someone recommended it to me. And I watched it and I thought, this is fantastic. He's great. He's got his, like, his music stuff. He's all fancy. He's going around his limos, his nice clothes. He loves <laughs> his you know, daily moisturizers. He's a great guy. And he said, yeah. you, you did pick up that he was also like a murderer and things. And I was like, Oh damn! Yeah, you're. I guess you're right. I guess he's not a great guy. It kind of slipped my mind. Yeah. 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 But when I watched it this time, I was like, "Oh yeah, he's not a good guy." No, not at all. So, <laughs> for anybody who hasn't watched American Psycho, um, basically we have Patrick Bates. He is um, very wealthy, um, though he does no work. Um, he's. It's set in the 80s, so they're during, like, the uh, yuppie, uh, workaholic Wall Street guys. And he just, like, has to kill people. (laughs) I don't know if it's people that has wronged him or people that just happened to cross his path, but he seeks out people and kills them. I don't know if you noticed, but Patrick Bateman is a nod to the character Norman Bates in Psycho. That's cool. I also noticed that if you remove the E, he's Patrick Batman. And he plays Batman. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I noticed that, and I was like, "Oh, look how fortuitous!" <laughs> fantastic. He plays a rich he does guy a who fantastic job. Though. <laughs> so all I could think was, how would have Leonardo DiCaprio done this role, and would I have enjoyed it more with him as the lead actor? And I kind of think I would have. Um, really. I think so because like, okay. So the Wolf of Wall Street, he's an asshole in that movie, but you kind of like him. And I feel like in this movie, if he was playing this character, he would have done it in a different way. And he's just so charming and likable. I think it would have come off as charming and likable. And I, I not as psychotic and asshole as he is, as as Christian or mm-hmm. Christian Bale is. Okay, that's interesting because I think that Bale does bring a certain charm to it. You know mm-hmm. that that scene where he goes into great detail describing his morning routine. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm so jealous. Can I please purchase all of these various soaps <laughs> and moisturizers? You know. Speaking of that, my sister and I, when we were watching it, she was like, I wonder how many takes it took for him to do that, to peel off that face oh, mask. To name it all in order, yeah. And I go, I bet you it took him one take to peel that ma- uh, that mask off. Because I go, it's Christian Bale. And I looked it up, or I was looking at stuff from the movie, and it said that in that scene, fortunately for him, it came off all in one take. Wow. I knew it. I just had that feeling. <laughs> they said that um, he like walked around speaking in this American accent the whole entire time. And as soon as the movie wrapped, then he talked with his British accent and people were like, oh, he's British. They thought he was like getting ready for another role. Oh, wow. And that he wasn't actually British because he's a method actor. Um, yeah, that's got to be the way to do it, right? You got to get yourself into the character and just just yeah. go deep into it, uh, you know. And that's a few few act, you know the best actors seem to do that. So I guess I guess I, guess I can see why. It, even though it seems weird, it's like why would you put on an accent when you're not actually acting? But well, I guess he, it just makes it easier. He had extensive dental work done for this part. And really? Yeah, and it said that they weren't sure if it was at his own direction or <laughs> the studio. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But I assume it's just for him. I, I have this feeling that it was just his idea that this guy would have perfect teeth. He's got to look perfect. Because he, he does look perfect. Like, he's a very handsome guy. And, you know, he, he mentions, like, I'm doing my morning uh, sit-ups or crunches. I can do a thousand now. And I'm like, Yep, with that body, you probably can. <laughs> now, okay, so you've read the book, so maybe you can tell me this and tell anybody who's never read the book. Is he actually Patrick Bates, or is there some other person that's Patrick Bates? Because everybody keeps calling him somebody else, and he's like, they would say he's snivelly and he's a whiny, and he's skinny, and this nerd... And he's like, but I'm Patrick Bates. So is he Yeah, yeah. So it's been a few years since I've read the book, but I'll tell you my understanding of it. And to be honest, there's still a little bit of debate on it. 
my understanding of it is that, yeah, he, he is, you know, he is who he says he is. He is Patrick Bateman. The thing is, I think that everyone is so wrapped up in themselves. You know, every single person we meet is a narcissist, essentially, you yeah. know. So they're so wrapped up in themselves that they don't really care about anyone else. You know, even, slight spoiler, but even when he's confessing certain things later, no one really cares. Yeah. You know, everyone's just so wrapped up in themselves. Then you add to the fact that they kind of all look the same. You know, he even mentions at one point, this guy wears the same glasses as me and goes to the same barber, but I have a slightly better haircut. Yeah. But they all more or less look the same. They look like Wall Street guys with their suits and their braces and their, and their glasses and their slick back hair. And they all talk about work and really nothing else. Yeah. I think that they just don't know who anyone is. Because Maybe. there's even parts where they're looking for the dead guy in London later. And someone's like, yeah, I, but he's not dead because I had dinner with him. It's like, yeah. no, you didn't. You just didn't know who you had dinner with because you're all the same. <laughs> Maybe. That, that makes sense, too. Um, uh, another thing I was thinking is maybe he was this like little scrawny thing and then he came back and he looked like all them, you know, like maybe took some time off work and he got work done and he started exercising Hmm. and bulked up. And so then people don't see him as that guy. So they don't know who, yeah, that could, that could also work. I never thought about that actually. It's an interesting thing. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's just very strange. And I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> I was like, is his alter ego Patrick Bateman or like, what, what is happening? We didn't understand half the movie. We just sat there and we're like, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, I've seen it enough times that I, the scenes were all familiar to me. So I think, I think, I hope I understand it, but there's still bits that I'm not clear on, you know, who, why no one knows who he is? Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, some bits later on towards the end where it's kind of like, what's going on here? Not everything is completely clear, even after reading the book. And I must have watched the film about 20 times. <laughs> yeah. And like, do people hear him when he says, like when he tells the girl, you're an ugly bitch and I want to play around in your blood. Like, did she actually hear him or is that him talking to himself in the mirror? Yeah, that's one of those things I don't, <laughs> no, I suppose when he when he says that in the bar, at first glance you're like maybe she just didn't hear him over the music in the yeah. bar, you know. But he does. She she hears everything else he says, so I I don't know. Yeah, because he does that a lot, and people don't comment on the things that he says. And so. Yeah, the the time when they're flirting with the girls and they're pretending that their friend is is Gorbachev, they also say he works in um, murders and executions. Yeah, she goes, oh yeah, everybody else I know who works in murders and acquisitions hates it. And it's like, oh, either you're not listening to him or he's not really saying what we think he's saying. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, that's kind of a cool technique. But I feel like you got to let the audience know, you know, one way or the other. Right. So then you're just sitting there and you're like, I don't understand what just happened. (laughs) (laughs) Because sometimes he does some crazy stuff and they do hear him. Like when he's at the uh, shop talking about his um, sheets, I feel like the little lady understood what he said. Yeah, he screams that you know, stupid bitchy, and then mentions the ill killer or something, and yeah. she has a, a visual reaction, like a kind of ah, like she kind of gasps. So yeah, sometimes they do here. That's a very funny scene, actually. He's just in the laundry with these sheets that are covered in blood. Yeah. He's like, get, get these stands out. Which, honestly, that doesn't seem like him because 
He's very tidy. He has an extremely white apartment. And he has these sheets. Like, that doesn't sound like him. Yeah, everything about him, you're right, his apartment is pure white from yeah. from one corner to the next. It's all very, got that kind of ultra chic, almost minimalist kind of, just everything is so clean and, and, and white looking, you know. There's yeah. no, there's not much personality in it, to be honest, but there's just a lot of this kind of modern, clean look to it. Yeah, so it's really weird, and that doesn't seem like something, because he's very methodical, and I feel like he, he, uh, takes his time and really plans out how he's going to murder these people. And then to slip up and have these bloody sheets just seems out of character. Yeah, I guess that never really struck me. But now that you mention it, it is a bit. Yeah, it kind of is. Well, that's what I'm here for, you know? <laughs> we stick to our lanes. You're the book guy. Oh, I'm the movie guy. Let, let, let me ask you, because there's a lot of murders in this. Um, which is the one, which is the one, and I, most people said the same thing here, which is the one that you kind of struck you the most and that made you dislike him the most? The homeless guy. Yeah, specifically his dog, right? Yeah. I was looking down <laughs> when that happened, so I didn't see the dog. I heard it. Oh. And I was like, "Is what, did I just hear a dog? Um, but it's I was so messing with my dogs at the time, so. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I'm glad I didn't see it. I've watched, I've watched it to so many people, and everyone's like, "No, no, it, he kills the dog," and I'm like, "Yeah, he also killed the homeless guy and like 20 women, but you're, you're fixating on the dog." Yeah, you know? you know, if I had seen it and didn't just hear it, I probably would have said that. Or when he tried to kill the cat. Yeah, he picks up the cat and he thinks. So this is one of those things where he picks up the cat and he's going to shoot it into the ATM because he thinks the ATM says, feed me a stray cat. And that's one of those moments where it's like, obviously, it didn't say that. So he's just kind of crazy. But it is one of those times where we think, okay, so the the reality we're seeing is maybe not completely true then. And it kind of opens the door to question some of the other things that we're seeing and hearing. Yeah, and and, um, like right before he does that with the cat... One of the security guards said, burning the midnight oil, Mr. Smith. And I was like, who the hell's Mr. Smith? <laughs> and somebody else calls him Davis. And I was just like, I am so confused. Yeah. It's interesting because my theory falls apart a little bit here. My theory was that, you know, they're all the same and they don't care about anyone else. But the yeah. security guard wasn't part of that yuppie crowd. And he's still yeah. confused for someone else. So it's really weird. So that I don't know. But they often, at one point, so one of the guys he kills is Mark, um, is Mark Allen, and he pretends for half the movie to be the guy he's killed. Yeah. Um, but then they also think he's other people. They think he's Marcus um, Halberstram uh, at one point, a couple yeah. times as well. Because they um, look alike. Yeah. But he has a slightly better haircut. <laughs> I love that they all have the same um, business card. And my yes, sister was that's the iconic scene. Yeah, my sister was like, they all look the same. I said, no, no, no. His is bolder. It's it's a little <laughs> bit different font, and it's easier to see. I was like, and the color is just a little different. She was just like, shut up. <laughs> it's funny because they, for all intents and purposes, they're the same card. But yeah, there's 
slight little differences, as you say. And, and you know, they, they, they all go into detail about it. Like, oh, this one's pale, nimbus, raised lettering and whatever. His is bone, of course. Of course. But it is fantastic. I love his reactions in this scene when he looks at the cards and he's like, I can't believe they prepared that, that card to mine. And he's sweating and he's like, he's going to have an, a, you know, an anxiety attack or something at this idea that they could possibly prepare someone else's business card to his. And they put them down and they all look very similar. Yeah. Because they're all boring. It's yuppies. Yeah. The only one that's different is actually the slightly nerdy guy who later comes back with his card like a day or two later and he's got like red text in it and they're just like, oh, cool. Like they don't, they don't care about him at all. Yeah. And apparently he's in love with uh, Patrick. <laughs> yes. Another fantastic scene when he follows him into the bathroom to kill him over this business card uh, business, Put, puts on his uh, strangling gloves, you know. Yeah. Puts them on his neck while he's, uh, you know, I guess he's peeing or whatever, or washing his hands or whatever in the bathroom. And he just turns around and is like, oh, why now? I've wanted this for, for a long time. And Patrick freaks out so much, he goes and washes the gloves in the sink yeah. and then leaves. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, you, you know, I almost would have been okay with that death. That at least made sense. But I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of interesting that the one that would have made sense is the one that he doesn't actually go ahead with. Yeah. Um, I don't like how he talks to his assistant or receptionist. Oh, or... of course. He's oh. horrible. I mean, the first time we meet her, he basically says, you know, wear something else tomorrow. And she's like, oh, is this not okay? And he's like, you're better than that. Yeah, he's it's like, like oh, don't wear that outfit. That's you're prettier than that. <laughs> Dress in a skirt and heels. <laughs> It's just like, what? Ew. And it's actually kind of sad because she's crushing on him. And yes. he's not being nice to her. And she's impressed. He's a fancy rich boss guy or whatever. So she's impressed with him anyway. And even eventually goes on a date with him, kind of. And it, it's, it's kind of sad, actually. Yeah. And uh, um, so, you know, he's very misogynistic towards her. But you want to know something I found really interesting? When he, what? at the beginning of the movie, when he does his whole getting ready routine and he's taking a shower and we see his ass, apparently all the women that were on the set all came and gathered around to watch the scene where he was showering. And I told this to my oh, sister. Wow. Yeah. I go, that would never, never happen with a woman. They would close the set. No. And she goes, no, they wouldn't. All the guys would be there. I said, no, they close the set when they do stuff like that. They would never have a whole gaggle of guys standing there gawking at this girl while she's showering. I go, especially nowadays. But even back then, I don't think they would have done it. I would think they would have had a closed set. I don't think. Where they would only have the minimum amount of people that you need so this person would feel comfortable. Yeah. Wow, right. I didn't know that. I, I don't I don't love it. It is a bit, you know, it's like, okay, cool. They want to see the hot guy's ass. But then, yeah, as you say, like, they, that wouldn't fly the mm-hmm. other way around, you know? Uh-uh. So I, I don't love that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, that's super interesting because that would not fly if it was a female, especially today. Especially if they didn't know that, you know, it's one thing if he knows and he's like, ha, ha, ha. Check out all the ladies <laughs> checking me out. Selling tickets for it. Yeah. 
drinking their Diet Cokes, you know. But I was like, wow, that's super interesting. That uh, is interesting. I, I didn't know that. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's interesting because we, he has that scene in the shower where he is naked, but then we see him later. We only, I guess we only see him naked twice, and the second time is when he's running through the hallways with a chainsaw covered yeah. in blood, which is fantastic. <laughs> which apparently he hung out in that outfit, or non-outfit, for many hours um, in between. Oh, wow, right. Like when they were doing stuff, and he was just walking around with just his like socks and a cock sock on. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Hanging out, hang, literally hanging out with some hang out, I guess. Or quite, quite literally, yeah. Wow. Okay, there was no need for that. <laughs> and um, it said that Ewan McGregor was subsequently offered the role of Patrick Bateman, but declined after Christian Bell personally urged him to do so. Like how? Wow. Patrick Bateman of that is that? Like, <laughs> hey, don't take this role. I want it. So he really wanted the role. Yeah. I mean, I think he does a fantastic job at it. So I'm, I'm glad he had it. I, I can't really imagine anyone else doing it. But although, although you mentioned DiCaprio, I guess he could have done a good job at it. But for me, this is like an iconic role. I, I think you and McGregor could have done it too. I could see that he has that kind of yuppie look about him. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, other people maybe could have. I just can't. I don't know. I don't want it changed. You know? I, I feel like uh, Ewan McGregor and I know D- DiCaprio um, along with Christian Bell are all uh, well, okay, I don't know if Ewan McGregor is, but I know DiCaprio is a method actor as well. But I would bet that Ewan McGregor probably is. And so yeah. I feel like they would maybe, dedicate maybe. themselves to the part just the same. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm like overselling him. Maybe others, you know, could have <laughs> other method actors could have done it. But it's in my top three all time, you know, favorite movies. So I oh wow, I think this is, this is perfection. You know, have you let, let me ask you about uh, the music scenes though? What yeah. do you think? Because for me, those are something that really make the movie. So it's so extreme to see this guy be the way he is, and then he <laughs> is listening to Walking on Sunshine. Um, or simply irresistible. Like, it's just very weird. Um, I, I, like, I think at one point he was talking about, um, classical music. That sounds more like him. So walking on sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Seems very strange. It's a weird you know, at one point, he's in the back of the limo with with, with his fiance yeah. with a headset on, and he's like, oh, I'm trying to listen to the new Robert Palmer album, but my supposed fiance keeps interrupting me. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't really care about her at all. No. He cares about the music. Then we see him talk about the Phil Collins. We see him talk about Ugh. the Huey Lewis and the news. Yes. It's fantastic, though. Like, I love it because he's there. He's about to kill people, and he's just like, you know. Huey Lewis and News really came into their own with their fourth album, Sports, and just starts listing like details about all the tracks and the sound. You know, Phil Collins, when he was in his solo career, was more satisfying in a narrower sense. And it, I, I just love how it doesn't, the juxtaposition of the fact that he's about to smash a guy up with an axe whilst he's just like casually going through the, 
the liner notes of some CD he's bought. You know, yeah. it's fantastic. So I loved all the music, um, but I this hasn't come up in a really long time, so I might as well talk about it now. I have a personal vendetta, or or maybe he's a vendetta of my, I don't know, uh, me and Phil Collins. So many moons ago, I saw his uh, songs on iTunes for like 69 cents. And I was going through and I already had a couple. And I was like, eh, no, I'm not going to buy this CD right now. And I just, it was like the best of. And I was like, nah, I don't need it right now. Since that day, I have been hounded by Phil Collins, if not daily, at least weekly. So while I was yeah. watching this movie and all of a sudden Phil Collins comes on, I was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> not again. I have heard you mention this before yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then not only one song, but two songs. And then he talked about it. I was like, God damn it. Phil Collins just. Yep. So, but it's great away. detail. Yeah. I, I just can't get away from it. No matter yeah. what I do. Uh, the, the funniest one is when it's the one time in the whole movie when someone points out that he's kind of like, yeah, they mention a few times that he's, you know, a bit and he's a bit of a dork or whatever. Yeah. But it's kind of the one time when someone laughs at him, which is when he's got the two girls around and he's playing the Whitney Houston album. Yeah. And the one girl just laughs. Just, you actually own a Whitney Houston, more than one? Like, and, I, and he just continues describing it. But this is the reason the movie is better than the book. Because these scenes where he discusses the music, and they go on for several minutes. Yeah. In the book, it just feels like you're reading a Wikipedia. Oh, that sucks. Because, you know, we're looking at him, we're hearing the music, he's discussing it, he's putting on his raincoat and getting his axe out. It's the, the juxtaposition <laughs> of the violence with the, with, the, with the music and the kind of 80s campness to it yeah. is fantastic in film. Whereas when you read it, you're just like, here's an entire page just listing Phil Collins' tracks. And it's like, oh, this is boring. You know, it doesn't have the same fun vibe. It is you're just reading an article about Robert Palmer or whatever. Yeah. I mean. So that's my reason. Like, that is a really cool. And um, I, I do like when things are like that. But I just don't know if it was done well enough or pushed far wow. enough i guess i don't know um like maybe it just I, uh, we were so confused by this movie <laughs> i was so befuddled <laughs> but like that is a really cool thing to have and i like when like when you're talking about it it makes me want to watch it but like watching it made me not want to watch it Wow. Okay. Yeah. I I did not enjoy this movie at all. And I normally like a lot of movies and it seems like something I would like. I like a lot of Christian Bell movies, but for whatever reason. Wow. It, I'm perplexed. Yeah. You're not the first person. I've watched it with a few people who haven't liked it. Um, but they, I don't know, the, most people I've shown it to have really, really loved it. One or two haven't, but it tends to be a kit because they came from 
maybe, you know, other cultural backgrounds where they didn't really understand the kind of the background of the New York and the yuppie type yeah. thing. So a lot of it was lost on them. Um, anyone I know that's kind of from like a kind of Western background loved the movie. So that's interesting that you didn't. Yeah, like that's why to me, I think he played him too, like too hard. Um so I I th- okay like he wasn't um like Dexter enough. I've never wa- really watched Dexter, but I feel like when he is around other people, like he's jovial, he's nice, he's, you know, whatever. And then when he's by himself, he's a murderer of murderers and, you know, calculated and all of that. And I feel like he's a dick in both worlds. And so that guy isn't the one that I would think that would listen to Walking on Sunshine. Unless he does have some personalities. And it's his uh, Patrick Bateman is the asshole who kills people. But his Mr. Smith or Davis or whatever his other person is named Mm. is the one that loves the that music but because mr bateman shares a brain with that other person he knows all these facts and it's just irritating him because he has to listen to this stuff like if it was like that and we knew that going in i feel like i would really really enjoy it that's why i feel like leo would have done a better job because he has that boyish fun look about him and then he can also be an asshole <laughs> yeah that's 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 fair I, I suppose i i can see you know what you're saying makes sense yeah i don't want to ruin. i, I like how it's done but i take your point yeah um one thing that also bothered me was when the hooker christy when she is in the bathtub and he's like wash your vagina Okay, that's yeah, that's, that's fair. So you tell her to do that. That's that's perfectly fine. But she grabs a loofah in a strange bathroom. You don't know where that loofah's been. It's just sitting in a bowl, and you just grab it and you put it in your most delicate of places. Christy, don't just stick a loofah in yeah. your like. It's interesting that that was your, that's the bit you remember from that scene. The bit I remember is immediately after that when he says, choose any robe, not the Bichon. Oh. I, I didn't understand. And I love that because he's like, there you go, there's a lot of bathrobes, put any on. Not the good one, obviously. <laughs> obviously, because, you know, when want the girl, the whore, to have something nice. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think about his obsession with fitting in, though? Because this comes up a couple times. Um, and It comes up in this scene, but it comes up another time. You know, he mentions what his um, fiancé asked him why he even works at Pierce and Pierce and why he's, you know, whatever. He actually, as you mentioned earlier, he doesn't work. He just goes in and sits at a desk and reads porn magazines and listens to music. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, I have to work there because I want to fit in. And we see again in this scene, he actually tries to impress two girls, the two prostitutes. But they, don't, they don't care. Yeah. And he's like, do you not want to know what I do? And they're like, not really. He's like, well, I'm going to tell you anyway. I work for Pierce and Pierce. Do you know it? And they're like, nope. <laughs> and he's like, well, it's, it's pretty important. So I, 
Yeah. Like, I don't get a dog, you know, (laughs) (laughs) if you want something to be enamored by you, like, uh, you know, maybe don't kill everybody because clearly you're not good with people. And the one person he should love is his fiance. And that's the one person he probably detests more than anybody. Except yeah, I mean, when when he breaks up with her eventually, he literally says, you're not terribly important to me. Yeah. Which is so awful to say to somebody. But then it was a mess anyway. Like, they were both having an affair. True, but. true. I mean, she's no saint. But, like, you should at least, you know, have some kind of feeling about them. What's interesting is he doesn't seem to care much about the girl he's having the affair with either. In fact, he doesn't yeah. really care about anyone. And although he has a lot of sex in the movie... He never once gives me the idea that he really enjoys it. You know who I think he loves the most besides himself? Paul Allen. Like, I think he's just in love with him. <laughs> yeah, I think he's jealous of Paul Allen. First yeah. of all, Allen's got the Fisher account, which is some important account at work they all care about. And then there's a fantastic moment where he says, you know, I went into Paul Allen's apartment and I, you know, he, and he, he feels anxiety when he realizes his apartment overlooks the river and is obviously more expensive than mine. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he has to go cool off when he realizes that for a moment, you know. So Paul Allen's the only person I guess he has any respect for. But it's funny because he, you know, he even mentions to his girlfriend, like, you know, we never even shared a past. And yeah, we've got friends coming. You can keep them. I don't care, you know. Yeah. And as I said, like, he has, he, he has sex with a lot of prostitutes. His girlfriend is, is a fair whatever. I don't think he really cares because yeah. even when he's having the threesome, he's looking at himself in the mirror the whole time and yeah. doing like muscle poses and running his fingers through his hair. It's almost like, well, cool guys have a lot of sex, so I better have a lot of sex. You know, yeah. I don't think he enjoys it even. No. Um, that's why I think like he's a narcissist, obviously. And that's why I think maybe he, you know, transformed himself into this character that he thought everybody would appreciate. And I think he finds out that no one does because he's surrounding himself with people who are just the same as him. Even Josh. Yeah. Your theory makes sense now, actually it does because you know, even we've all kind of gone through that to a much, much lesser extent when you're growing up and you're kind of teens and you're college age and you're trying to find yourself and you're trying to be a person that other people will will like. And you kind of go through those phases. And I remember myself being like, I can kind of be this cool guy. And you're like, Oh, hold on. No one really likes that guy. I'm not going to be that guy. But in this movie, he's like, you know, he just jumps into it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be the super snazzy, cool, cool in quotes guy that actually is an asshole. Exactly. Um, I kind of wish he had, um, killed the redhead with the chainsaw sooner. She was annoying. I was not a fan of her. No, why? I don't know. She was just awful. Was it Elizabeth? Is that her name? I guess. There was no one in particular that I really wanted him to kill. I really didn't want him to kill his secretary, though. That was the one that I really, you know, was glad that he didn't kill. Yeah, and yeah. Because I feel bad for her. And there's a funny, funny kind of dark humor, but slightly amusing scene where he's about to kill her. And then obviously when the phone goes and it's, it's his girlfriend, Evelyn, 
And he says to her, I think if you stay, you're going to get hurt. So she leaves. But, you know, and she's actually like, you sure I should leave? And he's like, yeah, you should leave. <laughs> but it's funny because, you know, he means I'm going to physically hurt you. Yeah. I've got this massive dart gun behind your head 30 seconds ago. She thinks he means I'm kind of still got feelings for my ex and it's going to be like emotionally painful for you. But yeah. he's like, no, I was literally 30 seconds away from, <laughs> from you know, killing you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do you make of him calling his lawyer and telling him all this stuff? And then his lawyer is just like, that was so funny. <laughs> do you think yeah, he actually so he calls the lawyer, Or he didn't? I, I explained this just to, my, to myself just with the same theory that I had before, which is that the lawyer just didn't really care and, and you know, yeah. wasn't interested. He was wrapped up in himself or whatever. He's, look, he's not interested in criminal law, right? He's, there are these high, hard, you know, lawyers. He's used to, he's a lawyer for all these Wall Street guys. So yeah. it's all money stuff. The last thing he expects is to have to deal with a mass murderer on, on his books, you know? Yeah. And he's just kind of like, this isn't funny. Don't talk to me about this again. Go away. Like, I'm not interested. But he also mentioned, he doesn't even know that he is Patrick Bateman. And he says, yeah, Bateman's a, you know, nerdy kind of spineless guy. He would never make <laughs> this joke. Um, and he thinks it's all a joke. And he, he tells him, he breaks down and kind of almost crying on the phone and tells him, like, I killed this guy, I killed this guy. This girl's body's dissolving somewhere. I, I ate their brains. I took six videos of them and then made the next girl watch the last girl being killed. You know, all this stuff. And the lawyer just like, I don't, don't talk to me about this. Yeah. It was so weird. And then why does he always tell people he has to go return tapes? That's the best part of the whole movie because it, it's so ridiculous. You know, it's his get out of jail free card or it's his, it's his get out of any situation, you know, awkward situation. Oh no, I need to make an excuse. I've got to go return some video tips. Uh, the first time I saw this movie, I think I used that phrase for about a year afterwards. <laughs> just fantastic. Like, hey, we've got to do this thing. I've got to go return some video tips. Which but the is... best time is when the, the detective asks him, where were you on December 20th, months ago? And he's like, I don't know. I was probably returning video tips. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and now you can't even use that as an excuse. No, we can't anymore because we're... All we're doing is, you know, deleting something from our list on Netflix because we've already watched it. Yeah. Cause the, you but know. I, I love it. I, I love that that's like, what were you doing on December 20th, returning video? First of all, that takes 10 minutes. And secondly, like, how right. would you remember that you were doing that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But what are the video tips? We The only thing we see is that in his apartment, there's constantly either porn yeah. or, like, slasher films playing. Which is... Like, working out and having porn going on just seems so weird. Yeah, that's a weird thing to be exercising to, like, to porn or violence. You know, that that's a, an unusual thing. And the guy is crazy, right? We've got the scene with yeah. the stray cat that we mentioned. We've got, obviously, the murders aside. His whole personality is erratic, you know. Um, and he mentions my bloodlust is spilling into... So I get the feeling that he's been doing this before, but it's been okay. Contain, and he says, "Now my mask is slipping, and my nightly bloodlust is spilling into my day." So he's just losing his grip on the sanity that he was able to kind of keep things together before, you know. And it's just getting yeah. harder and harder to contain himself. Um, I guess that's cool. But then there's the <laughs> narcissist stuff where he's like, "So I've just killed someone. 
guess I better go get a manicure and a massage and, you know, have <laughs> some girls kind of give me the full beauty treatment. I got to treat myself. Yeah. A little, yeah. a little murder. Not treat, treat yourself. Yeah. A little murder and a little <laughs> me time afterwards. Um, I also particularly love when the guy goes to touch his suit. And he's like, oh, that's such a nice suit. What is it? And he's like, whatever the brand is, you know, it's Louis Vuitton or whatever. And yeah. he says, the compliment was sufficient and slaps his hand away. Like, don't touch the suit. You know, <laughs> your verbal appreciation is, is all that's required here. Yeah, something like that kind of makes me feel like he doesn't own it. Like, everything in his life is a facade. And... You know, maybe he has these clothes or maybe they're just, you know, once he acquired from somebody else's clothes, like maybe he just stole all of, um, Alan's stuff, Paul Allen's stuff, you know? Mm. And so he gets mad that that guy wants to touch it because he worked hard for that because I assume if you really like some or if you spent your money on something and it's really important to you um but you're also like bragging that you have it you're gonna let the little peasants touch it because you want them to know how luxurious it is and the fact that he gets yeah. like that and gets mad about it it's like mm-hmm. it's weird that's an interesting theory. Yeah, there could be something in that because I don't know why else he doesn't let him touch it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and the guy we're talking about is, of course, I can't, is it Carruthers or something? It's the, guy, it's the same guy that, that has the, the glove scene in the toilet that, that yeah. fancies him. Um, but even that guy who's depicted as not being like the others, he's still very self-obsessed because he sees Patrick Bateman with a, an overnight bag, dripping blood, carrying a corpse in it to put into the boot of his car. And he goes, Patrick, where did you get that bag? Like, no one really cares about the morality or what's happening. He, he sees the bag, but not the body in it, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to think that so kind of... It's, it's materialism. It's, it's all about consumerism and capitalism and their obsession with it, I guess. Like, that kind of reminds me of something else, and I, I, I don't know what movie it is. Where, like, people are just oblivious to someone's misdeeds, like, right in front of their face. And I can't think of what it is. Oh, well. I don't know. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Because just a week or two ago, I read The Bonfire of the Vanities. Um, I don't know if you know it, but it's a similar vibe. It's more of this yuppie Wall Street stuff. But that guy gets involved in in an accidental criminal case because they hit someone with their car. Uh, it, uh, that, he even works at the same company, Pierce and Pierce. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a similar it's a similar vibe, so this is not a unique tale. I mean, slightly unique in the fact that I guess he's also a psychopath, but it's also a lot of that's drawing on other psycho movies. It's literally psycho, right? That's the name of the character, you know, playing on that. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, the only other thing that I think we need to mention that's super important is maybe... So he's in Paul Allen's apartment, and with the girl, it's a it's a veritable horror house by the end. Like one of the girls escapes, and she op- well, she eventually dies. But she's opening the closet, and there's dead yeah. bodies hanging in it. In the bathroom, there's like blood writing on the wall, and you know it's it's all crazy. But then he goes back to clean up the apartment, and it's all clean and freshly painted. And there's a lady there doing a house viewing. And yeah. this is the least easily explained scene in the movie, I think. 
Yeah, it's because very it's not weird. clear. Did he imagine some of the things then, or the way I understand it is that she's also so self. I mean, not that she's self obsessed, but she's uh, renting the apartment is her job. So all she cares about is, is you know getting money essentially. So she sees the apartment. She sees that murders have happened. Rather than going to the police, she's like, "We got to hush this up, or we'll never be able to rent this apartment out again." So we're just going to clean it up. We'll repaint it. We'll expose the bodies. And when he comes in, she basically says, "Did you see the ad in the Times?" And he's like, "Yes." And then she knows that it's him because she says, "Well, there was no ad in the Times. Yeah. Please leave and don't come back." But it's a really confusing scene the first time you watch it. It's kind of like, "What's going on? Why are they talking about an ad that doesn't exist?" Why is the apartment clean? Did he imagine it all? You've got to watch that one like a few times, and I'm still not 100% sure that my interpretation is even anywhere near correct, you know? Yeah, it's very strange. And I'm like, did, what about the girl with the chainsaw at the bottom of the stairs? Like, did he clean that up? Like, did he just leave yeah. her? You know? And some things don't make sense. Then I watched this with a friend uh, two nights ago, and they actually said to me, some, there's, there's more plot holes than I had realized. Like, he's running through the, you know, it, it will be very unrealistic for him to just run through the corridors of the apartment building naked, dripping blood with the chainsaw. Yeah. And as you say, he kills her at the bottom of the stairs. There's a corpse there, there's blood. How does no one see him, you know, cleaning it up? Yeah. And I mentioned before the overnight by dripping blood. He walks past the security guard. No one notices the blood ever? Like, why does nothing ever get picked up on? Yeah. And, like, um, you know, maybe it's, like, the reverse of Sixth Sense. Like, nobody, well, I guess, no, the similar as Sixth Sense. Like, he's the only one that can see it. And <laughs> nobody else can see the blood. Maybe, oh, maybe washing his hands is, like, um, the mom in that Shakespeare play. Right? Or is it the mom? The son. Yes. Um, it's my best um, and Lady my yeah. best and that and my best is washing the hands to get rid of the blood yeah because yeah. he physically um, washes his gloves that were no need to wash <laughs> yeah I, I don't know I, I guess it could be some of the things aren't easy to, to understand whether that's because it's badly made or just because you're not you know it's, it's meant to be open to interpretation I suppose isn't for me to say but I just thought it's open to interpretation. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's difficult to explain that, you know, yeah. maybe it is that some of these things aren't really happening and he's imagining some aspects of it. Yeah. It's very strange. Maybe he didn't do all those murders. I don't know. Because I mean, at one point he's killing cops in the street and everything. You'd think like, you can't, you can't just go around and he says he killed 40 people. Yeah. I think it's very difficult to just walk through New York, kill 40 people and, and just get away with it. <laughs> Though, I don't know if any city in the States that you could just do that, it probably New York would be the top one. <laughs> just, <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe. You know, there's a lot and it's of. It's funny that he gets away things. with this. <laughs> and he's, yeah, I, I suppose maybe it's possible, but he, he mentions, you know, at the end, this confession has meant nothing. You yeah. know, he confesses to his lawyer, he's confessing to us as well, and at the end, no one cares. And he just, yeah, this confession has meant nothing because no one's really that bothered by anything I've done. Yeah. So either he hasn't done it or they're just all self-obsessed narcissists who don't give a damn. Yeah. And then it just ends. And then you're just and left. That's it. 
wondering what the hell happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a sort of sudden ending in a way. Yeah. Um, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I kind of, it's not one of those movies that ties everything up in a little ribbon at the no. end, you know, that annoying. I need <laughs> ribbons. I need ties. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need it. And I was left with balloons just everywhere, scattered all over the place. Yep. What What was your thought the moment it ended? Like, what did you think? I go, uh, <laughs> it, it's over? <laughs> like, we don't have any resolution? Okay. And I yep. just, I stared I mean, at the screen. It was just like, oh, oh okay. Essentially, the plot is one sentence, right? He's a bad guy who kills people, but he gets away with it because no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there was a big drug problem in the 80s. Maybe they're just like, well, chalk it up to cocaine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that even comes up in the movie when they're in that club and there's little cocaine booths to go to, go to yeah. and they're shining over the, the wall of the cubicle like, keep it dying, I'm trying to do drugs. Yeah, that seemed like a really weird club for all those guys to be in. Yeah, it's like a weird kind of almost punky, gothy type place. Yeah. Like a cool. Um, so why are these Wall Street guys there? It to me, it seemed like what gay bars are like now because we have one in uh, Dallas that's like it has. Um, like drag queen shows in the front and then it's like a club in the back and Mm. you walk into the bathroom and there's guys, there's girls. It's just a mixture of people. And that's what kind of like the feel I got from this place. And I was like, they don't seem like they would have been in a place like that. No, it's very uncharacteristic for them to be there. I don't, (sighs) know why they are but they even have dinner with two strange artsy quirky weirdo types and it's like why are they having dinner with these guys it doesn't make any sense yeah we're like are they a part of their dinner (laughs) (laughs) we're (laughs) questioning it as well let me ask you speaking of dinner the first time you've only seen this one did you pick up on the fact that he's a cannibal oh no like, I know he I, talked so, about uh, drinking their blood and stuff, but no, I didn't know there, he was a cannibal. So it's something that I didn't pick up on the first time either. And, I mean, having seen it so many times, it was glaringly obvious to me this time. But, you know, it wasn't the first couple of times. And a lot of people don't seem to pick up on this. And I have had arguments with friends about this. They're like, there's no cannibalism in this movie. What are you talking about? So, first of all, there's a scene where he's walking across the road, and we, we see a woman, and they stop at the road. And he smiles, and they yeah. walk on, and that's all we see. About half an hour later, he opens the fridge, and her, her head is in the fridge, wrapped up. Not necessarily definitive evidence that he's eaten her, but he has put her in the fridge. That's the yeah. first clue. Um, then there's the bit where he's got the prostitute under the bed, and you know he pulls out his toolkit of sharp implements. But he starts biting, and he comes up with, with blood all over his face because he's been chewing her... Um, you know, lag or whatever on yeah. his bed. And then um, he mentions, actually, in his confession, it's kind of, he's mumbling and sobbing through it, so you don't necessarily pick up on it. He mentions that he tried to cook their brain. 
Oh, I did not see that. Yeah. And I think there's one more that I can't off the top of my head remember. There's three or four clues to the fact that he's actually, you know, he's not just, you know, um, having sex with these girls and killing them. He's also sometimes eating them. Huh. Well, that's the best way to, I like my brains is to keep it fresh in the fridge. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> also, one of my all-time favorite moments is when the girl's trying to escape and she hits him in the face. And he just screams, not the effing face, bitch. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably because he had some work done. You know? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it makes sense. I just love it. Because, like, all he cares about right now are his looks. Never mind the fact that he's, you know, about to kill people or whatever. Yeah. Um, what's, what's your take on the prostitute, the man prostitute, Christy? Because I feel so sorry for her. You yeah. know, the first time he brings her home, obviously it goes badly. Yeah, he, I mean, he pays her pretty well from what we understand, but she ends up having to go to, like, the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she's thinking about suing him, so he gives her a check for a lot of money. And, you know, he tries to bring her home a second time, and she knows it's a bad idea, and she says, nope. And he says, like, the driver's here, you're safe, get in the car, I'll cut you a check, off we go. And she gets out and she's going to leave. Yeah. And he knows that she needs the money so badly and that she's so, you know, struggling so much, she's going to risk her life to go back with him. And he plays on that and he even whistles to her like a dog, like out the window of the car, whistles and, and shakes the money at her. And she gets back in the car and, you know, takes her life in her hands and goes home with him a second time. Yep. And I thought, for me, that's the saddest part of the movie. It's knowing someone's vulnerable and taking advantage of it and humiliating them. You know, I really don't like that part. Well, that's what he does to the homeless man. I mean, he's like, hey, man, you know, and and talking to him. But then he's also like talking down to him. He's like, why are you homeless? Get a job. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're you're right. He does. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to help you. Actually, we've got nothing in common. And then just stab them. But yeah, he starts out by saying, you know, you should get a job. You know, why don't you have a job? Uh, and he says, why, why did you lose your previous job? Was it insider trading or were you drinking? You know? Yeah. I like that. Those are the Probably only the two options. <laughs> but you know, yeah, but it's bad. It seems weird to me that he would, if he is eating them, would you eat a homeless man or would you eat like the rich, uh, like fiance? Like, why would you eat, you know? Yeah, I don't, I mean, he leaves the homeless guy behind. I don't think he's eating everyone, but I think at least one or two, he yeah. is, some of them, you know? I'm guessing the one that was his friend from college that he brings home, who laughed about the Whitney Houston album, Yeah, um, he seems to bite her under the bed, so I'm, I'm guessing she's one that he eventually eats, but yeah, it's kind of unclear. It's something that just gets slipped in in a few references, and people don't pick up on it, so... I'm guessing he's eaten one or two of them, but I, I don't think, you know, he says he's killed 40 people. I, I yeah. don't think he's eaten 40 people. You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I think you start to, like, you can get sick from eating humans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, just a disclaimer to, to anyone listening, do not eat people. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> I'd hate to have to say that, but, yeah, don't eat yeah, Not even as a joke, you know? <laughs> So, what would you rate this movie then? 
what are we rating out of stars? So five? it's a one out of 10. And then we rate it out of something from the movie. So let's just say you were giving it 10 out of 10. Um, Paul Allen's or uh, okay. Phil Collin music. I think I have to give it. I don't see. I want to give it like eleven out of ten. Oh. Phil Collins music. You know, for me, this is a perfect film. Wow. I think, okay, okay. To stick to the rules of the scale, I'll, I'll go with ten. You could do eleven. <laughs> we we allow whatever you want to do. So eleven out of ten. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it eleven out of ten. Yeah. Wow. That is not what I'm gonna rate it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, it did make me think it, uh, did have some funny scenes in it. Um, I would have to give it a five out of 10 hip to be squares. Okay. I do love Huey Lewis in the news. I've seen them in concert. They're fun. Oh wow, that's I would like to see them. That's cool. Yeah. Uh they were coming to town. It was them in Chicago. And nice. um my dad loves Chicago and my mom loves Huey Lewis in the news. And I was like, Hey, I want to take dad to this concert. My mom's like, Well, I wanna go. So we <laughs> we all three went and um Huey Lewis was amazing. Chicago was you know, I once- kinda sad though. I once interviewed the original drummer from Chicago, Danny Seraphine, um, when he released the solo album on an old podcast many years ago. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I liked Chicago. So it's funny. He was the drummer, but then Chicago's biggest song is If You Leave Me Now, and the drums yeah. really don't do much from that song. So I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's so sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, when Chicago was playing, like their, the band was amazing, but we couldn't hear the singer. And so, you know, half the part of the song is, you know, the singing. And um, so that was kind of lackluster. But Huey Lewis came out and performed with them. And when he did, it was great. Nice. So highly recommend Huey Lewis if you can go see him somewhere. I've seen so many gigs this year, but I won't mention most of them because they're mostly Spanish artists. Um, but I did see Aqua do Barbie Girl, and that Ooh. was cool. <laughs> Have you seen the movie? I haven't yet. I don't know if I... So everyone's talking about, like, Barbie versus Oppenheimer, and when I hear <laughs> everyone talk about it, that makes me not want to see either of them. Uh, you know, it yeah. makes me be like, no, I'm not going to be part of this cultural movement. <laughs> That's how I was with Frozen. I didn't see that for years. It took until being stuck at home with covid you know, restrictions mm. that before I saw it. I've still not seen Frozen, but I, I take your point because that's how I was with Harry Potter. <gasps> I'd seen the too. first two when I was a kid and until COVID I'd not seen the rest. And mm. then I watched them on a week. I just did them like one night after the other, but I, I had put it off for many years yeah. because I was like, everyone likes it. That makes me hate it. Uh-huh. Same Z's. <laughs> I didn't watch, uh, watch it until we watched it for the podcast. And now my co-host is and yeah, obsessed. It's a good movie, you know. But. Yeah, she's like... I'm sad, I'm sad that we got a 5 from you, but my 11 <laughs> brings it up a little bit. So we yeah. still got 16 out of 20 between us, right? <laughs> I mean, a part of me wanted to give it like a 2. So 
I thought oh, it was no. good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really didn't like it. I really didn't like it. I, I, I don't know why I, we kept stopping it. And then I was like, Oh, I guess we have to start it again. Like <laughs> keep going. <laughs> wow. And the yeah. thing is, it's not the murder content because we did Psycho before yeah. and you liked that. Yeah, so. I liked that movie. Yeah, no, it's not the murder. I don't know what it was. I just, I think it's not understanding what was going on and um, just kind of being overall confused. And a lot of times when he was talking, I didn't hear any of it. Like, I don't know right. if there's something wrong with our TV, but whenever music is playing, we cannot hear anybody talking at all. Oh, okay. And so it makes it really hard. And, and I think like shows nowadays are just putting the music up just a little too loud. And it's really yeah, hard it to hear people talk. And so we're just sitting there. We're like so confused. <laughs> That's a sham, but I know the music's I, important in this one. I really like to like movies and just <laughs> hey but a wow. five out of ten is pretty good because okay i okay. i didn't think i like i didn't like it <laughs> so. well, i mean the short answer of why i like it is because despite its dark content it's a fun movie you know it's yeah. brightly lit there's no dark spooky you know nonsense it's fun He's got cool music like Hip to Be Square and Sassoon, yeah. the, the Phil Collins one. He's got dancing around. He makes it fun. You know, it's not scary. It's not unsettling in, in, in a dark kind of way. But that makes it more unsettling because it's like, oh, you're happy to be like killing these people. And yeah. that's very creepy. Okay. And it, but it's also it's got this fun kind of 80s vibe to it. And I think it's fantastic. Then you add in the fact that he is obviously a, he's a, a psychopath. But he's also a sociopath, right? He's also yeah. just obsessed with his image and all that kind of stuff. I find that to be like a very enjoyable kind of character. Yeah. So I, I love it. Well, it's <laughs> kind of like the Joker from Batman. Like, yeah, he smiles while he's killing people, you know, <laughs> Just, it's very unsettling, <laughs> but I wasn't unsettled it by it. I, I, like that didn't bother me. Um, I, I think the inconsistencies, the plot holes were just too much for me to get over, I guess. I think that's fair. And in, in all honesty, the book probably fills some of those in, but... Yeah, probably. Um, probably the book should. is kind of boring, as I say. Bits of it read like a Wikipedia. And even, it just doesn't show things as well. So, like, that famous business card scene is kind of irrelevant in the book. It just, you just skip through it, yeah. you know? Or that famous scene where he goes through all of his, you know, skincare routine. That actually happens quite late in the book, not at the beginning. Uh-huh. So it loses its kind of, it's a, one of the iconic scenes in the movie as well. So I think the movie is well made for me, but yeah. um, I guess I can see why you don't like it as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry to hate on your favorite movie. It's okay. You've, you've only broken my heart. That's all, you know? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't go breaking my heart. I couldn't <laughs> So, we're confirming that Psycho is better than American Psycho. Yes, yes, which is funny <laughs> because he's not American. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, whatever. So, uh, and, and isn't there a, it, there's another one, right? 
Yeah, you know, there is a sequel, actually. I thought that's something we should mention quickly. I, I didn't watch it. I think I watched 10 minutes, 15 minutes of it or something. It was terrible. It's got terrible reviews. It's really got no connection. I think it was a cash grab, basically. Yeah. And um, supposedly, you know, the murderer in it's related to him or something like that. That's the, you know, the connection. An American Psycho in Paris? Is that what it is? I don't know. There is an American Psycho 2. Oh. So if there's an American Psycho in Paris, that might be a third movie, maybe? I'm not sure. Um, I watched 10 minutes of the sequel and I just like, nah, I, I just, this is, this is not a good film. <laughs> uh, it was like a, I just can't, it was like a college party or something, if oh, I remember. Okay. It, it didn't have the same setting, the Wall Street stuff. And I, you know, it had terrible reviews and I just oh. thought, nah, I watched it. That sucks. Well. Well, That's what? it. I think I, I, I have nothing else to say. Yeah, I, me neither. Um, well, how about you let the listeners know where they can find you if they want to listen to your podcast? Of course. You can go to booksboys.com. That's the website. Click on some buttons. Click on some links. And be my friend. But also, yes. yeah, just you know, download the app. You can actually stream it on the website, but of course, they're in Spotify and, you know, uh, no, iTunes, what's it called? Apple uh, Podcast and uh, Amazon, what it's Podcatcher, Google Podcast, well, all the usual podcasts. <laughs> all the platforms. Everyone's got Spotify, so just go there. Yes. And if you want to uh, be engaged with any of our content, you can find us at Two Chicks Talk Flicks on all platforms. And, well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. It was a long time in the making, doing yes. our second one. I'm very pleased to finally do it. Yes, I'm excited. I, I was excited to do it. I wish I was more excited about the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Until next time, toodles. Bye-bye. This episode was produced by Two Chicks Talking Flicks. Music was produced by Michael Girvani. If you like this episode, please like and subscribe. If you'd like to be a part of the show, have a movie suggestion, or just want to give us some love, you can email us at twochickstalkingflicks at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Toodles. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.